Love Talk Radio. Well, welcome everyone. This is the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. I'm your host once again today, Don Scott Damon. It's not that I'm Don Scott Damon once again today. I'm Don every day, but but the Freedom Girls is back once again. I've got Wanda Sanchez. Hello. We're not. How's that go? We're not. We're not. There because we're not all here, or we're not all here because we're there, or something like that. And so, we're, you know, you see we're off to a good start at Shelly Beach. And here we are, all three of us, and uh, snacks. Yeah, it's the snacks, I think, that have got us going this morning. Yeah, I think so, too. This is, I just got to tell you, sisters, this is a wild and crazy bunch, and uh, but we keep it real. We like to have fun. We like to talk, and we like to share out of our heart from the things that we've experienced and things that we've gone through. So we invite you just to sit back, you might want to grab your notepad and your paper or your iPad because we're going to give you some tips, that's five tips on how to deal with difficult people during the holiday season. Now, now just think about this for a moment. If you don't have any difficult people to deal with, because there's always at least one, but you don't know of any, it's possible that you are the difficult person. So, so we want you to stay tuned, and uh, we're going to be right back after this. The holiday season, and um, I, do you guys cook? I do. You do? Not, oh, you mean for like Thanksgiving? Yeah. Oh no. No. Oh, you don't do a Thanksgiving. I used to. I don't do it here. Okay, but you do. But you eat. Do you eat? Oh. Oh, oh heavens, yes. No. I'm, I'm famous for my broccoli salad. For cooking or eating? Yeah, one one recipe that I make. For eating eating salad. <laughs> and then eating it. Yeah. I make a broccoli salad. Pretty much. That's it. All right. And mashed potatoes. I make killer mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yum. Mm-hmm. See, I'm getting hungry. But those two things do not a dinner make. No, they don't. You have to have a turkey in there somewhere. Um, but you know what? I um, I enjoy cooking, but I've recently done the Thanksgiving dinner several times in a row now. I know that sounds shocking because I have a reputation of being a non-cooker. I am more astute at eating, however. <laughs> so okay. So what's your favorite? What's your favorite Thanksgiving staple or traditional dish? Again, to eat or cook. To eat. To eat. Mashed potatoes. Hands down. Mashed potatoes. Okay. Just uh, if, if the Thanksgiving meal was only mashed potatoes, I'd be quite happy. You'd be happy. Mine is really close, but I'll go last. What about yours, Wanda? Mine would be, there's two that tie. Okay. Turkey sandwiches the next day. Mmm. Or or that day. Mm-hmm. Um, or, um, it, you know, pumpkin pie, baby. Mm, pumpkin uh, pie. Yeah. That's I love pumpkin pie and apple pie. So now, Lemon see, that's a meal all in itself. I'll have pumpkin pie for mm-hmm. breakfast the next day or, oh, yeah. or or several times that day because <laughs> that is well. My favorite is um, I love the sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. The sweet potatoes with the little um, nuts on the top, the brown oh, sugar, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. and the marshmallows, melted marshmallows, and mm-hmm. I just sweet. just my favorite. And right second to that is stuffing yes. with cranberries in it. And um, gravy over the top of it. Yep. So yep. yummy, sounds yummy. We're ready. <laughs> so okay. So then, what's your favorite part of the Thanksgiving tradition? Is it being with friends and family? Is it the the sisters that come over that help cook, or is there anything about it, or you just love the day after when it's all over? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the day after girl, but um, uh-huh. I'm not. I mean, 
I have a really, really, really big family. Yeah. And um, so um, we, you know, and now I'm here and they're there. Mm-hmm. So you're um, here, here in Michigan, and they're in California. Right. right. Okay. Um, so um, I used to have, you know, we used to have a lot of people, and mm-hmm. my brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews, and and all that, and that was great. Um, but I more now enjoy just the quiet kind of, you know. Laid back, yeah. kind of a day to reflect and just, you know, have some time off and just, that's kind of where we're at too. Although we will have a lot of family and, and that kind of thing. How about you, Shelly? Well, it, over the years, it was always, uh, it was always family time together. We, we gathered at, at someone's home, which was usually not ours, but someone else's. And, um, um, it was always about family and being together, but you know, that time comes in life for some people. It, it's just a staple of life that you're separated mm-hmm. from loved ones mm-hmm. or you can't be with them. And uh, we're in that place right now where most of our family is scattered. Our kids live far flung from where we are. Um, parents have passed away. And and so uh, we do travel and when we can and, and go and spend some time with family. But um, it's really kind of a reflective time for us and to, um, you know, to think about things that we are grateful for from the past and things we're grateful grateful for now and mm-hmm. looking at Absolutely. the future and younger generations. Absolutely. That's a really important thing to remember because the holidays are a wonderful time for family when you have your family close by or when you have family. You know, Wanda, I'm thinking of you this past year. You said goodbye mm-hmm. to Mama. and mm-hmm. You know, she's in heaven, but that's going to be felt, you know, as these first holidays come. And so I'm sure some of our listeners are experiencing that too. This will be your first holiday without that special loved one. And uh, so we think about you. We pray for you as you go through that. That's why I believe in a forever family. And, you know, as a pastor who just planted a church, we've got great people who are connecting in what I call a forever family, a faith family, where they can really be there for you. And like every family, there's always that Weird Uncle Floyd, you know. <laughs> so we're going to talk today and tell people, all right, you're you get ready. It's part of Thanksgiving. If we're talking about a traditional holiday here, you're going to have the turkey that didn't thaw just right. That's right. Has anybody ever made the turkey and you forgot to take the neck out? You I know? have. Did you do that? I did my first one. Yeah. I didn't know you're supposed to. I mean, how do you know, right? I was like 19. I thought it was. <laughs> right? It's not like there's instructions yeah. on there. Oh, yes, there actually is. Yeah. But, right? So there's always those Thanksgiving Day disasters, the pie that fell or the, the pie crust. We were looking earlier today at some ways to save your pie crust, and you can <laughs> actually use chocolate as kind of like... um. Yeah, you pour it on the, the pie crust, the bottom, you know, whatever's broken. Yes. Yeah. Pour it on the bottom of the crust, and it hardens. And it can, you know, you cover it up, you just hide it, because no one's going to know. Who's going to know? Yeah. Well, all my pie crusts come out broken. I'm just saying right now. So I'll be having a lot of chocolate sauce. Mine don't, because um, Bob Evans knows how to make the pies. Yeah. (laughs) Can't that just be a great approach, though, to the pie crust that, um, you know, you just always just pour chocolate over your crust. I'm all for that, broken or not. That's right. If it breaks, all the better. So, yeah, we're going to have that. And then we we got all the little children that come. I don't know how you had your Thanksgivings as you're sharing, but we always had the grown-up table, and then there was the little kid table. 
Mm-hmm. And you really, I mean, you almost felt like a second class. It person. was almost like the walk of shame from the, it, you know, if, even if you had to walk there. It was the walk of shame. Of shame. <laughs> you are exiled to the little kid table. Mm-hmm. Get mm-hmm. over there. So maybe you have a tip. Um, how could we make the little kid table? Because you know it's going to be there. Not the walk of shame. Is there a way to make them feel special? Yeah, you know, there's a, on the other radio show um, mm-hmm. that I do, um, they actually have a list of, I did a list of things for um, this kind of, you know, in case this kind of thing happened. Yeah. Um, the IP table. Yeah. The thing is, is okay. if you can get, like, um, place cards, uh-huh. you know, make some real fun place cards for um, each child and their, with their name on it. Mm-hmm. Um, make the tablecloth, like, a big piece of butcher paper. Oh, fun. And put crayons in the middle oh, and fun. Put stuff that they can decorate their table and sign it and save it for next year or whatever. Um, That's a great and idea. And then even um, putting, I always kind of volunteered to be at the kids' table. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that table. Yep. Because <laughs> um, I can't talk about cartoons with most of my friends. Right. No, you, know? you probably can. No. So. Um, can with the kids. You can ask, you know, one of the fun relatives the adults to sit mm-hmm. at that table mm-hmm. and to kind of just make it kind of more a place of honor kind of so right where the kids feel more involved and not i mean didn't the table feel like a second class kind it, of oh, thing? it always did if we think about it i mean i know right now that my husband would have been the favorite person to be at that table everybody would have wanted uncle dan to be I'm at sure. that table because he really would fit in well at the child's table mm-hmm. would make it a fun place that's true mm-hmm. yeah to take the time to you know, think through some fun activities for them to do. I remember there was a restaurant um, in the community where my kids grew up that had those, had, you know, tablecloths that you could draw on. Now the kids got crayons yeah. and you could just draw anything you wanted or, or having some, some kind of craft activity that, that they can mm-hmm. do or giving them a menu that they can actually order off mm-hmm. of some special foods maybe that you've prepared for them or something. Yes, I've done That's that for a niece great. and nephew. Nicole and Jennifer and all them um, for a special um it was a holiday. I don't remember which one it was, but I did give them little um, menus that I'd printed out and just made for them to, you know, check from. <laughs> That's a great from. idea, you guys. And, you know, I have six granddaughters. We've got a grandson on the way, and Yay. we have two babies coming in addition to that one. So, you know, in the next six months, I'm going to have nine grandkids. But <laughs> I, I digress. Yeah. How cool. So we, but you know, um, that, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go out and get that butcher block table, paper, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make that fun for the kids. But what can, how can we, as we shift gears here just a little bit, talking to now um, some of the women who are listening to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood? How do we get along with the people who are coming? That we know that they're maybe they're just difficult. Maybe they just uh-huh. hit us just the wrong way. You know, we we love everybody in Jesus' name, but maybe there's just that one person that just irritates or get a, gets, gets under our skin. Or maybe honestly, we have blended families mm-hmm. and we have new people coming in, and and we That's we don't true. know them and we don't get along. Our kids are going to come together. Mm-hmm. Let's give each other. And for our listeners today, some five tips in dealing with difficult people at the holiday gatherings. And um, we're just going to, everybody just kind of join in here. And uh, Shelly, you want to go ahead start? Well, let me jump back to when my father came to live in my home with me because I've talked about the fact that 
you know, that was a very difficult thing for me. He was, um, Joyce Landorf years ago wrote a book called Irregular People. And um, my dad was an irregular person for me. He just was kind of a a hard person for for me to cope with. Mm -hmm. And I thought the problem was with my dad. And what I discovered um, through counseling and through a, a, a really a revelation from God was that God was going to use my dad to change me. And that my expectation shouldn't have been, you know, here are the 20 ways my dad needs to change. That was going to be between my dad and God. What God wanted to do was um, use insights about my father to change me. So don't expect other people to change would be one thing I would say. Um, You know, ask God to give you insight about that person. Mm -hmm. And that's what what God did for Mm -hmm. me. I I really prayed about having insight into my father and who he was. Who was he as a child? How does he become the man that he was? Giving me compassion and insight you know, for him and, you know, um, kind of thinking about the the whys about people are how difficult they are. What kind of, you know, Wanda and I talk a lot about a PTSD and trauma. Oftentimes those difficult, hard experiences shape people. So um, how can you actually go into an experience like this where you know things might be challenging for us, mm-hmm. but have new eyes to just learn more about somebody? And uh, it, it might not be... Um, it might be challenging to sit next to them at the table and carry on a three-hour conversation, but you know, just ask for God to open your eyes and give them a, a new vision of who they are and look at them from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And I said it earlier, and I was kind of joking, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek, but make sure it, it's possible that you really are that difficult person yes. for <laughs> someone else. Yes. yes, absolutely. That's what my book, The Silent Seduction of, of Self-Talk, was about, discovering that I was that person to... Uh, particularly my children and my husband, and being blind to that, knowing that I had my, oh, huge blind spots. So, yes, you could walk into that um, that family Thanksgiving and know that you could be that person to somebody else mm-hmm. and um, getting a new vision for yourself. That's right. I, You know, just this morning before we did the radio program, I was posting, and I said, you know, spots are something that we we all hate, typically, age spots water spots, that's true, blood spots, mm-hmm. but the worst spots of all are our own blind spots, yeah, the areas good. in our life that we don't see where we're difficult. Maybe we're the one that always feels like we have to have the last word or we have to get in our opinion because someone is, um, in our mind, we feel like they're belittling us or, mm-hmm. you know, I had four stepbrothers. And so whenever we would have family things, I always felt like these guys were chauvinists and they were mm-hmm. battering the women mm-hmm. down. So it was my job to make sure that, you know, I spoke up for the women. Well, it wasn't my job. I didn't need to do that. And I became that difficult mm-hmm. person for a while in that family. So, yeah, just to have some self-awareness and say, you know, am I am I that one? Or is there someone that rubs me wrong and so that I have to have the last word? And to know that when we come into settings like this, we tend to come in with a role, Mm -hmm. youngest sister, middle sister, Mm -hmm. oldest sister, uh, the caregiver, the black sheep. And we come in with a mindset and a role that we want to slip into. Mm -hmm. And uh, knowing that we kind of revert to that 14-year-old that, you know, feels Mm -hmm. like she was treated in such and such a manner by parents or or brothers or sisters or whatever. And um, trying to step back from that. 
and uh, really spend some time evaluating those roles that we slip into because we get stuck there. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And um, and you're right. And not only do we have a role, but the people that we're in family relationships with, they have a role for us. Yes. And they automatically treat us like we're in that role. Mm-hmm. So even if we haven't done it mm-hmm. or we're not guilty yet, we get, you know, we get yeah. pinned for, oh, I know what you're thinking, and you haven't even opened up your mouth yeah. because people have you in that role also. Mm-hmm. So this will be like my first my first Thanksgiving going in and relating to my daughter as a mother. Mm-hmm. She's just got a brand new baby, my son, you know, with his with his young children. Our roles shift, and so oh, our interactions and our relationships need to shift mm-hmm. as we um as we as we step into these kinds of. Scenario. So I see what you're saying. She's a mom now. Yes. So you're relating to her yes. as another woman and who's I a mother. I need well. to communicate and respect her mm-hmm. as a young mother and not just my daughter. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's, that's really awesome. good. Good insight. So that's the first one. Um, I would say that 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 is number one. Be aware, I guess, um, and don't expect others to change. Probably we were saying, yes. you know, the. But encourage them to grow and challenge mm-hmm. them to grow and mm-hmm. try to see them as God sees them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And to know that maybe the greatest change could take place in us first yes. and not Usually. in them. Right? Usually, yeah. Usually. Mm-hmm. And the most painful. It's yep. much easier for me to have you change. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, here's the second thing. We talk about being aware. That's good. But also be prepared. It's crucial, uh, you know, when facing these difficult people to be compassionately aware of your own vulnerabilities and what might be going on in them to make them feel vulnerable. And so, for example, like I said a moment ago, I know going into when I was with stepbrothers that I was vulnerable to this area. It uh, feeling like a second-class citizen as a woman was a vulnerable area for me, and I didn't like. So knowing that, mm-hmm. I could prepare myself to say that good self-talk in yeah. advance. I don't have to respond to that. They'll probably say something to get my goat. Mm-hmm. It's a game, and yeah. don't. The best thing is to get rid of the goat. Don't have a goat. You know, <laughs> they won't be able to get it. They won't be right? Um, that being prepared, you know, knowing what your, um, the term I would use would be strongholds are. I know that I tend to be a very needy person. Mm-hmm. And um, and I know that with three brand new grandchildren going into a setting, I want to make sure that as grandma I get enough time to get all those kids to myself, but you know, when you're in a group setting and there are multiple people, and in the in the environments that I will be in, uh, there will be lots of visitors. And so we have a very multi-ethnic family. My mm-hmm. daughter's um, my daughter's husband is Jamaican, mm-hmm. and they have many people visiting in their home often, and and um, people from other countries, other cultures, and. Um, so guess what? Uh, I might be grandma, and I might want to get my hands on my, hands on my grandkids, mm-hmm. but I'm not the most important person in the room. Knowing that I'm going to be fighting some of those feelings to sure. be possessive, right. I have to prepare for that in mm-hmm. advance. I have to envision those scenarios and prepare for stepping back and um, ministering to other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And in so doing, we kind of diffuse the whole potential of an explosion because there are people, like I said a moment ago, they may just instinctively want to just go in for the kill, yes. know your vulnerable spots, say things to get you. Well, and they they know they have an audience. If they're if they're drama queens, oh. they know they have 
people and everyone's going to see them and, you know, they'll get the attention. They'll be the center of attention. Or that old joke oh, yeah. from when you were a teenager, you know, oh, yeah. that you're used to hearing that um, sometimes people think is funny or that old name that you were called when you were a kid that yes. really yes. does hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Uncle right. So-and-so thinks it's funny. Right. You know, and being prepared for those things and letting them uh, go into the proper place in the corner of your soul rather than a, mm-hmm. a major crevice of your heart. Yeah, that that's really powerful, you know, because I do think that that is somebody's story out there. They're going to hear those old stories. They're going to hear those old labels and those names. Somebody is going to, going into Thanksgiving is a really painful thing because maybe they've been called chubby their whole life and now everybody watches what they eat and what they put on their plate. And, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, those things can be really a reality and very painful. And so I think it's a good thing to know that if you'll take some time before the holidays and prepare yourself Mm -hmm. and get your mind and your attitude and your spirit to say, I want to be a blessing this year. I want to take the high road. I want to be an adult, even though I might be sitting at the little kid's table coloring right right. now. um, I'm not going to let anybody yank my chain. And furthermore, I'm not going to be that person to someone else. And it is a time when a lot of people are very vulnerable because it's a very emotionally laden time. You talked about Wanda just losing her mother. You might be seven years out or eight years out like I am from the loss of a loved one, a parent, uh, losing a child, having a miscarriage. Uh, uh, it might be a divorce situation or, or whatever. The holidays can be very emotionally laden for people. So being prepared, very important. Very good. And number three um, the one we hear at the word a lot, boundaries, mm. making good boundaries for each other or for yourselves um, during this time with each other. And often when we have boundaries, our boundaries require us physically removing ourselves. Like if somebody starts screaming or yelling in a situation, a boundary is I walk away and I don't, do, I don't deal with it. Or a boundary might be I don't go there, I don't do that. What happens when you're all trapped at the table and your boundary is that you some, somehow have to use a Christ-centered mindset to say, right now in my spirit, I'm walking away from this. I'm disengaging. Here's a boundary. I'm not entering in. Uh, any thoughts about boundaries? Anything. So, you know, like you're saying, not but not physically leaving. Yeah, sometimes you can't. Yeah, right. Sometimes you can't. Right. But um, <laughs> that's, you know, with my passive PTSD, it's not hard for me to, to vacate right. a room sitting right in front of you. So right, right. <laughs> you wouldn't know I was gone and, and, and it would, you know, so. Right. That's, Good or bad, that's, you know, it's not that hard Yeah, so me, you so. use dissociation all the time to survive difficult circumstances. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, so okay. do it. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so sometimes for you, um, I, you have to teach yourself to stay present and not to escape. At times, actually. <laughs> well, there are, in, in, in therapy, um, you will learn that sometimes that can be an a an appropriate coping mechanism, you may find yourself in the in a room with a former perpetrator and or or mm-hmm. with in a highly highly emotional situation and sometimes dissociation depending on the manner in which you use it mm-hmm. um, is a tool that people use they just kind of zone out and you know choose to kind of uh not be as present as they would they would normally be but mm-hmm. um sometimes it's i think it's okay to have physical boundaries in terms of 
mm-hmm. timing the amount of time you might want to be in the room or in the physical presence of somebody. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You might want to choose to drift in and out of certain spaces mm-hmm. or not to choose your seating near somebody or to um, to to make a well-timed but gracious statement if something is needed, just to say, excuse me, I'm going to excuse myself from this conversation right now, or if you're all at the table, just simply to choose silence. Silence can mm-hmm. say a lot at times, and uh, just simply not to choose and engage, engage in perhaps certain kinds of conversations that you might find don't reflect your personal morality or or, or stand, mm-hmm. um, and, and so sometimes it just might be silence. Sometimes it might be a statement that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that boundary might be protecting somebody else. Mm-hmm. It might be a child. You might have an aunt yeah, or an yeah, uncle absolutely. or a father or a grandfather who treats your children with disrespect. And it might be a statement where you just say, um, I'm sorry. In our family, we do not treat one another with that degree of disrespect. And if that continues, we may have to leave. Absolutely. When it comes to children, you know, it's our responsibility to make sure that they're safe and protected in those boundaries. And at that point, I'm not trying to save your relationship. I'm I'm drawing yeah. a boundary for yep. a child and yep. making sure that they're they're yep. healthy. But I think those are really great thoughts because there are times when it is appropriate, you're right, to dismiss yourself very graciously and physically remove yourself from that place. And then there's other times, like you said, where I'm not able to, Perhaps I'm at my husband's family or I'm somewhere where it would create embarrassment or shame for him, but I need to know how to use my redeemed, um, godly imagination and say, okay, Father, right now I picture you protecting me and standing about me, and I'm not entering into this, and I'm safe. And Jesus, you're right here with me, and I draw this boundary. And because I'm safe, I don't have to feel threatened by what they're saying. I don't have to feel insecure. I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to pull out tools of the flesh. I can just walk in the spirit realm there and say, Jesus, you've got me. And that's a good boundary to draw. And I like what you said about the silence. I think that's good. Mm -hmm. That works. Mm -hmm. It sure does. I really think that's good. Okay. So our time is getting away from us. We've got two more helpful thoughts on how to deal with difficult people. This number four is called Review and Resolve. For the week leading up to your holiday gathering, just take a few minutes each day to renew your thought. Here's a here's a term I'm going to use. It's, there's a book writ, uh, written by this. It's called Tending Fences. Uh, t- tending Fences, Tweaking Each Fence as you see fit. Now, what does it mean when I say tending a fence? Again, we're talking about uh, boundaries. Yeah, it's it, you know I don't have the same boundary with you that I would have with someone I don't know. Um, I don't have them, with, so you have to actually pay attention mm-hmm. and and according to your relationship with that person or your non relationship with that person, you build that fence. That's all. This is not the, the same fence doesn't apply to everybody. Yeah, you know, right. So it's and knowing what those fences are, you know, um, the kilters from the Alaska frontier. Yeah, Alaska, okay. Alaska Frontier or something like that. Mm-hmm. Last, last, um, last Frontier. Mm-hmm. It's a great show, and they do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They um, um, they make a concerted effort to to build fences and and to have yeah. boundaries with one another. All their fences are different, and they're mm-hmm. different parts of their land. And we saw them putting one up. It's very interesting. It's a it's a it's it's a job you have to pay attention to because remember she had to mm-hmm. take it out and start over again. 
oh. because she did it wrong. Mm-hmm. So um, it's paying attention to your individual relationships, mm-hmm. um, deciding how that person, you know, what that boundary is with that person, mm-hmm. and then I guess sticking to it. Boundaries. You know, like skin is a boundary. It's a barrier. It keeps right. things in, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and it keeps things out. Mm-hmm. And so there are certain things that we have to we have to protect. We have to keep certain things out, and keep certain things in, having to do with health, spiritual health, mental health, emotional health. And when you go into a family gathering, like Thanksgiving or Christmas, there might be someone there who's an ex-spouse. There might be someone there who's from a toxic relationship mm-hmm. that's been had had a very powerful influence on your life. And you might have to have set a, a fence, a boundary with them. And, and you may not have seen, you may not see them. This mm-hmm. might be the only holiday when you see them. Mm-hmm. And tending that fence might mean that you maintain a certain distance from them emotionally yep. and conversationally. Um, and because that is what you have to do to maintain health, to keep something out of your life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and to maintain healthy things inside of your life. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of the the policy there. So review and resolve what would be necessary for that relationship if you're going to be in close proximity to somebody who's had a very unhealthy relationship with you. Um, Oh, and and by the way, in that Tending Fences uh, book, the author says, and move your fences. Yeah. So they're not stuck in one place. Right. You know, move them if they need to be moved. That's the, you know. Right. That's the work of it. And that that's one thing that I was thinking as you guys were talking is that I think those fences and those boundaries as we've already articulated are really critical for us. But also on the other side, to be willing to move them, like yeah. you just mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. To be willing to grow and to stretch a little bit or even push myself. For example, there might be someone there when I think of our family meeting coming up. I know there's going to be a couple people where I'm going to have to go out of my way to be kind to them. Not that I'm not kind, but that they're kind of wallflowers. And so though it could be very easy for mm-hmm. me just to not say a whole lot or not actually take the time to sit and talk with them because yeah. the personalities just maybe don't click or right. whatever. But I need to tend my fence in terms of I need to open it up and let them in. Yeah, I need to also, allow yeah. that person yeah. to have a place mm-hmm. in my life and, and yeah. open up my heart to them yep. yeah. and not just cut them off. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to also re- remember somebody else's boundaries. Like we have a lot of moms, mm-hmm. whether they're my children or my nieces and nephews or whoever, but a lot of young moms, and they're very protective over their children. And so one of the boundaries that I've made is that I won't enter into any of the comparing of the little children right. or the teasing of the one child is real friendly, one's more that I stay away from it right. because good. I already know that I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. Mm-hmm. Right. Or whether somebody's family is vegetarian or vegan yeah. or they eat meat or you you breastfeed yeah. or you bottle feed or you this. Yes. That's, that's all territory where it can get very, very um Competitive and hurtful political, among, and political, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. political and a young mm-hmm. among young mm-hmm. parents, and um, you know, being a grandmother who's supportive, and a, um, that moving fences is very important. Though there was somebody who in our family was very, very hurtful, very, very damaging, and my husband at one point had to say to them, "You do not come within a certain distance of my family mm-hmm. for a period of two years," um, and then that fence was moved. As family went through healing, whatever the yeah. fence was moved, mm-hmm. now now you're welcome. And there was reconciliation and, and certain things that happened, and and 
now there's we all can be together in a room. No one would ever know. So those fences got moved as as healing took place, and there was action on both sides to come together that mm-hmm. had to take place over a period of time. So that's very great. That's awesome. Well, and this is the last one that I want to talk about. Once we've done the tending of the fences and we know what appropriate boundaries are, we've put those boundaries in place and we're aware of them. We're doing the internal work of looking at ourselves and our blind spots and making changes where we can. Then I would say the last thing is to, number five, refuse to be offended. Remember to not be offended. I mean, just that's good. Recognize that the enemy is going to come, human nature, mm-hmm. and people are going to try to offend, whether mm-hmm. on purpose and all, for all the reasons that we've just talked yep. about. Right. Yep. I choose on Thanksgiving. I give amazing grace to people during the holidays, you know, anytime, but I say, I'm not going to get offended. I don't fight for my kids' time during the holidays. I don't say, well, we had you last year. And yeah. then you. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I say, I refuse to enter into that fray. I will not be offended. Because in the long run, guess what? I'm the one that suffers from yeah, offense. Right. Yeah, right. that's right. I totally agree with you. Like I mentioned, we come from a, a family that's very, very um, different from from many. And uh, my children are, are both, both my, my kids' families are very, very giving and very ministry-oriented and very much, you know, giving to other people. So it would be my tendency to be offended by the fact that my kids want, might want to be ministering to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we go into their home, there might be a lot of other people there besides me, and I could so want to be offended and think, but it should be about just grandma and grandpa or whatever. You know, um, you lose so much, mm-hmm. and your your wisdom is, is so true, Dawn, just to, um, to be able to step back and to be willing to minister and to look where we need to be feeding into other people's lives and to be grateful that whole that that coming full circle back to thanksgiving um you know god knew that that this gratitude thing wasn't going to come easy to us so Mm -hmm. he told the children of israel to build it (laughs) they built it into you know thanks offerings were built into Mm -hmm. were built into daily life for them and building that into daily life and building it into everything that we do um should be part of where we're living every day. Absolutely. And that's a great way to kind of bring our time to a close. But isn't that what it's really about? This is a moment to be thankful. We talk about it's the food and the turkey and the people and the family. But it is a time for us all as individuals to stop and to reflect and to thank the Lord above. Thank God Almighty for his gracious bounty, for the way he's provided for us, the way he's taken care of us, the things that he's done for us in our life, how he loves us, for salvation itself. This is a time to be thankful. And um, we are. We're thankful. And I'm thankful for you, girls. I'm thankful for you being here today. So this is your host, Don Scott Damon, and your freedom coach helping you stay free over the holidays. Now we're going to give you a shout-out and a sign-off. And so as we do, mm-hmm. Wanda and Shelly and Dawn, um, tell us about your latest book and where they can find it your website. Love Letters from the Edge, um, Meditations for Those Struggling with Brokenness, Trauma, and the Pain of Life, published by Krugel. And it, you can get it on Amazon. Um, I think it's a Krugel website too, but Amazon mm-hmm. probably best place. Okay. Or in a bookstore, nor you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a bookstore near you. That'd be great. Our bookstores would love yeah. it if you'd buy it from them. Love letters from the edge. Shelly, what's your website? 
um, ShellyBeachOnline.com, or you can find me um, at my website at um, my website is PTSDPerspectives.org. Thank you, Wanda. <laughs> Shelly was dissociating right now. <laughs> We're looking at the wind with it. Yeah, yeah we, we do. Um, yeah. And just, I think it's cool if you could just, like, decorate your fences. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, don't be ashamed of having boundaries and learning how to take care of yourself. And sometimes birds fly into the window because they can't see it. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I think, wow. you know, when you put a little decal there, they avoid mm-hmm. even going that mm-hmm. direction. Mm-hmm. Maybe people who need to know about your boundaries can mm-hmm. see those and recognize them as boundaries. So mm-hmm. decorate that fence, girl. Decorate that fence. <laughs> All right. There you go. And that is a great way to say goodbye to you today. We trust that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And, hey, listen, if you're looking for a place to worship this Sunday, come check us out at Tribe Church. That's on Northland Drive. You can find it at our website, tribeschurch.tv. God bless you, ladies. Live full, live free. And happy Thanksgiving. God bless you guys. Thanksgiving. Bye-bye.